Um, we got an interesting uh, program on tonight, and um, we are going to be talking about a subject that's pretty uh, different. <laughs> the thing is, we're going to be talking about um, the cold. The cold was written by Seven um, Bomar, and he talks about things dealing with religions, alternate uh, universes. And more. And I'm going to bring Seven on uh, right now. Seven, can you hear me? Are you there? Hold it. It's Burley. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Okay. How are you? Welcome to my show. Thank you. (laughs) It's uh, pleasant to be on. I just, I'm I'm already um, very poised for today's message, especially in light of just being in your presence. It's just awesome. one of those things, I think when we even spoke previously, I got so excited, I couldn't even get any words out. But today, I'm going to have to get some <laughs> words out, and we're going to have to dig very deep into this, aren't we? Yeah. Tell the audience <laughs> about yourself and um, uh, what kind of revelations that brought you to creating the book called The Cold. Well, I mean, to to compress it, because obviously my life has been, personally to me, very enigmatic on the planet. Like, I've I've been hunting down the meaning of life and what happens after death since I was a young child. And that's led me to different circumstances in life, but mainly uh, what I call a something of an occultation. And this means that where everything has some deeper level or esoteric meaning that's happening to you, whether you're aware of it or not. So I'm one of those individuals that at the age of 26, I was fully aware that there was more going on to the reality and that there was other planes. And it became so difficult for me to convince myself that this was not real. It became a lot more easier to, to just accept that it was real, meaning that I, as a very logical, rational person, I had come across things and experiences that allowed me to see very vividly that there was a spiritual world, that there was, in fact, knowledge and information that was that was far beyond the scope of what we're generally taught and also that there was a humongous plot going on and some and, and not somewhat but definitely a war taking place an inner war and an outer war and so this is what I, I woke up to at the age of about 26 off of living a still a spiritual life or half spiritual life like most people and uh, but still having a, a deeper seed planted when I was younger my mother uh, was born and raised in Detroit I was born in Detroit and uh, she was in the movement. So there was a lot of different things that we did not do. Like I was homeschooled. We didn't watch TV. Uh, we made our own clothes. So there was a lot of things that prepped uh, this point that I'm at now because how I'm viewing a lot of the stuff that I'm, that I'm uh, experiencing and also uh, understanding to be existing, et cetera, reading, is from a totally different perspective, which is one of experience because I've had uh, just that real experience with spirituality as my mother made her transformation. Well, you said um, you had the reality after your mother had uh, passed on. Now, um, you used the word transformation. Um, That means to me that there is some type of life or another type of plane after death. Can you explain that? Sure. Well, you know, just to correct it, my mother made a transformation, but and I think this transformation is likened unto death because you're a completely different individual, but she is still alive as far as on the planet, but she did make several transformations within her her spiritual ascent. 
And um, so what I'm talking about is, is this transformation coming in what appears to be degrees. And I can, I can explain what all these words mean as we go on, but it's degrees of the energy or the fire, as fire is measured in degrees. But we live this life that if we're on a spiritual path or a path of the soul, I should just give it that real uh, interpretation. But if you're on the path of the soul and the way back to the soul, then it continuously gets stronger and stronger as you get what appears to be closer to it. So each time, though, there's an upgrade. There's a dying or a shedding of the old shell. And then there's this rebirth that takes place, and you are in a new character, a new state of mind, as long as you have prepared yourself for these processes. So, of course, you know, what generally holds people back from making multiple uh, levels of, of transformation within themselves to perfection is the, the stagnancy of being in one frequency for a prolonged period of time or in one chakra or in one world for one particular period of time. Or, and so this is about uh, what the ancestors gave us instructions on, which was cycling the energy and taking it all the way up and then bringing it down. So, of course, there's a mental, physical, and spiritual correspondence to all this. And then obviously as seeds, we are in the territory where there's birds that will pluck you up. There's hard ground where you won't be able to set your roots deep. There's different perils on the path. And so if you can make it uh, through, you will develop into what is the complete form of this universe. We have it in ourselves microcosmically, but there is a, a higher degree of its power. Well, let me ask you now, um, there are people that say that they have vices. Uh, death experiences, like where where they were in an accident and they feel that they're removed from their body. Um, there are other individuals that you know have had um, situations where they actually died and um, and ended up in almost morgues and they came back. Um, do you believe um, from your studies that these people have experienced life after death, or is it something entirely different? Oh, for sure. Well, really what they've, what they've experienced is the space that their next body that they go into is inhabiting. And so if we, if we just look at a simple system, let's say there's five bodies, and each of these bodies are, are more subtle, and the most dense one is our physical body. So when the physical body is traumatized, like if it receives a fatal blow or it, it gets sick and it, it starts to go into heavy levels of decay, then the soul will immediately go into the body that we generally use while we're dreaming. And it will use that body, and then the, the, the person will be more conscious because more of their actual presence will reside in that body. So we can look at these bodies like vehicles. So they'll jump into that vehicle, and then they will observe what is going on. And many people have stories about this, watching themselves even getting to the hospital, flying over the ambulance, because it's known that the Next body, you, what you call the dream body, will always attempt to go back into the physical body. It's anchored to the physical body until the cord is cut. So until it's completely lifeless, and even sometimes after what people think is lifeless, there's a return sometimes of the spirit back into inanimating that body because it has desire to be back in that body so much it's been able to reanimate it. And uh, so this is what we're talking about. If you even see on the spiritual plane, by graveyards, you see spirits still around their bodies confused about why exactly they cannot animate their bodies. So, you know, it gets into to deeper levels of that space. So what happens also is that, let's say, you're leave, you leave the body, you watch your, your body drive off, basically, and then you begin to wander 
in the opposite direction, just away from that conscious reality of what you believe is you on the planet. You will then start going into different spaces. And depending on the degree of your spirit, the ability to travel, ask for travel, whether this kind of plane is foreign to you, because there are many people who practice going on to this plane, like lamas, etc., all the time. So to them, it's not experiencing death. They even know when they're going to die. So it's a whole different thing. They just see it as the, the time where this husk, this shell is going to shed, and they've already started preparing the next vehicle just as a frog's body actually overlaps the tadpole. When they were looking at the frog under a certain kind of microscope, a tadpole, excuse me, they noticed that the, sh the shell, the energetic field of a full-grown frog is resident around this tadpole. So this means that over you right now is already the next stage that you're going to metamorphosize in. So that's what we're talking about. Well, the thing is, like, um, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, like in uh, some of the Buddhist practices, like um, they claim, uh, like the Delta High Lama, uh, when he is close to being passing on, there's a child chosen, and um, that the essence of uh, his being goes into that uh, person. So does that mean that the person, the child, would hold two different cell, um, souls? Or that he's uh, one of the uh, now deceased and the soul of someone else? What is your concept of that? Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's Deanne. I'm Deanne Burke, show. And I just want to announce tomorrow's show. We're having um, a former U.S. Olympic uh, uh, skater, uh, one of the powerful skaters of the 90s, and uh, he's going to be on this program talking about his um, new um, um, entrepreneurship, which is uh, dealing with fine arts, um, pennies from heaven, he calls it. Uh, he takes rare jewels, emeralds, and he also um, paints with them and uses it for forms of art, uh, high-end art, and he's um, opening this door for passage for others of um, other levels of the art community to get involved in internationally and nationally. So I'm going to have uh, my special guest tomorrow. Uh, he's going to be talking about his life, his career as an ice skater, and then we're also going to, going to talk more about his new career in fine art. And I have uh, my special guest on right now. Um, he is a um, person that has researched um, the transition of souls, the um, um, astral planes, let's say, other levels of realities and uh, where we exist. And that's Seven uh, Bomar. And Seven, um, can you give your website information here for our listeners um, as we go further in this? Sure. Uh, if anyone wants to reach us, they can reach us at uh, astroquest.com. And uh, all of our forms that you can participate in in different avenues of receiving the information is, is on there. And let me, so before the break, um, I was asking you about the um, situation of um, souls. Now, um, is a situation that, like, in the um, thought process of what happens when a llama dies, um, or some of, within some of the other religions, that 
um, a soul can be moved into another human host and two souls um, preoccupy that body? That, what is your opinion? That's correct. That? Well, that, you know, that term is uh, a sequential. And what a sequential is, is uh, a being that is already aware of the incarnation process and is actually become what we just call a professional reincarnator. And what this is about is, is that obviously there is a passing, especially in, in any of the cultures, the, the ancient cultures, a passing of the ka or the ba of the elder soul or the, gen, the gentry. And this is, of course, uh, if you look at the word gentry, you get gen meaning a spirit tree, and you get it there just if you want to make it very simple, but the, the closest spirit to the origin of the tree. And so you have to, to realize that everyone has continuously branched out from some point. And so the closer ones that are to that point are supposed to have a deeper connection with the origin point. So this passing of the ka or the ba, which gives us the word kaba, is, uh, is what a sequential is involved in because once they leave the plane, first of all, they are already professional reincarnators, so they already know how to travel on the spiritual plane. Generally, if the, um, you can't always say that the vessel that, is, that they're inhabiting next belong to another spirit because the spirit is what animates the vessel. So a master would go into a womb and inseminate rather than, and then come out as that child and then once getting to the age of knowing, the point of recollection, then they would uh, animate the, that child and then the person, the child will be able to choose things that it, the master had before uh, to authenticate that this process had complete, completed itself. And uh, so this is what you're dealing with. This is um, professional reincarnation. And now there is another phenomenon, though. I, I won't omit that there are uh, spirits that can inhabit another vessel, uh, several, several spirits that can inhabit a vessel at the same time. And this generally is called possession. But we need to understand what the difference between a spirit and a soul is because a spirit does actually denote a specific kind of being. While a soul being used in the plural, souls, is not correct. There is no plural in soul. Soul means one. That's it. There's no plural. So what a spirit is is a disincarnate being, meaning a being that does not have a body, that still hasn't come into the realization that all is self or that there is a, a connectivity of everything collected, and that's on the other side of the sun. So this being wanders around in one of the more ethereal vehicles in this identity known as, for most people, a spirit. But there was a whole <laughs> classification of different kind of beings that resided on the astral plane. And this, of course, comes in modern texts, dukes and uh, um, hags and these different kinds of astral energies. But the only thing they really are are human beings that have left the planet multiple times still staying in a cycle, and now they're just not on one of the physical planes or 3D planes anymore. Well, I wanted to ask you now, there's a uh, situation like in Africa, Western Africa. Um, they have a naming ceremony. A lot of people don't know anything about it, but um, I happen. Um, what it is is that um, a child, when the child is born, they're christened, but in a different way. And what happens is that they do a naming ceremony. It's basically bringing forth the souls of dead relatives of ancestors into host of the baby, you know, hosting in the baby. 
and they use, um, I think it's seven vials of different uh, um, things, um, you know, um, spices and various other incense and things, and uh, they do, um, you know, some type of ritual. And is that um, a situation that they are bringing um, spirits in or is it incarnate souls? Or what is your opinion of it? Or are you familiar with that ceremony? Yeah, well, what's happening is, is that, first of all, within every name, there's an evocation because words do mean things, and they're very powerful words. So, of course, many of the indigenous languages and the ancient languages seem funny to speak right now because they pull from the lower area and up, which it takes to actually bring something into a three-dimensional reality. It has to be strong enough. So you have to vibrate first from the lower chakras and then bring it all the way up. So these languages sound quite strange to most people. But if someone is past that kind of name, surely by their name alone, they're already connected to the quote-unquote spirits. But if we're talking about entreating invocation, which is basically when there are certain things burned because of this memory, as I said, you see beings on the astral plane just in cycles, they gravitate to things they've been doing or places that they, they've uh, loved to frequent. So smells, like if there was a, a village and it was raised with this, cop- this copal smell or this acacia smell, and that was the most popular incense, just like back in the days we have incense in the house, etc. So this smell entreats them. It calls them from this other dimension in a language in which they can recognize because the nose is one of the more primordial senses, the nose, right, K-N-O-W-S. And so the nose has a sense that stretches really across time, and that's why most animals can sense you, not necessarily smell you, but sense you thousands of miles away. So, you know, this is, uh, again, taking apart the the mysteries and and then saying it just as it really is. So there is a lot of entreating of, of different energies, especially within, uh, well, everywhere. People just need to realize what it is. There's older systems, more ancient systems that seem primitive, uh, seem hocus, like hocus-pocus. And then there's more newer systems, like you come out with your name as John and, and you get, you know, uh, the, the masons playing around with your name and then capitalizing your name or putting you in a case, meaning bring, bring his case in. Now you're in a coffin. You know, they have their courthouses docked on land and you know, all these different levels of what they have uh, developed from a plagiarization of the original matriarchal system that was first inhabiting the planet um, that we're on called Earth. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is the other level of this. Now, if you look into the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic, they believe in a place called Purgatory. So, it's a, you know, your soul is supposed to, once you are deceased, enter into the area of purgatory until it's, you know, reclaimed uh, by um, uh, God himself. Um, what is your opinion of that? Uh, what is that? Does that exist? Again, pur- what purgatory is, because none of these places are specific places. They, it doesn't exist like we, we think of where we're going to go to this place. It's actually inner space. So you would implode to it. So what happens is, is in purgatory is a place that when, the, when a person is disincarnate from the body, meaning they cannot get into a carn of carn reality, a flesh reality, then they reside in this space if they're in confusion or ignorance called purgatory, which is basically like a limbo. 
And in this space, it's like a bridge there. You, you see a lot of different things. There's a great going and coming. They used to call this Midgard. It was the, the space of what we're calling fourth dimension now. It's like an elevator between dimensions. So this is what purgatory is. So what, what they're saying really is is that if you don't gain some level of spiritual consciousness, and a real level of spiritual consciousness, you will be in this floating space, which is the pulp of Earth called stasis. This is held in time. And believe it or not, like uh, some people think that I'm describing a place that, you know, may happen in the future, but some people are living in pur purgatory now. And there's a repetitious activity going on every single day, and they're not pleasant. It's not pleasant for them. They're confused. They, they're, they don't know where they are. If I say, well, where are you? I'm on Earth. Well, where is Earth? In the universe. Where's the universe? So most people think all oh, this stuff is outside. It's inside. The external world, this is the, these are the worlds of division. There's not too many of these because of the acts of division equals decay. So all of the duality and the dual planes, these are the planes that were developed after the Big Bang, or meaning when two conflictive forces came together, just like a male and a female, because they're diametrically opposed, positive and negative, come together and then birth something. And then that birth has everything to do with water, right, because of the birth and water, and so this is really an ocean. Like what we're in right now is an ocean. We're in a bubble that has water. There's no water in space. The space is a vacuum. So this means that where we're in is in, if everyone claims that they know, but we're in a womb. But what happens is, is that this water, because we can't see it around us, if we put a dehumidifier in a room, it'll, you'll see it then. It's just not as thick as ocean water. So what I'm telling people is, is that this puts us on a hive in a tense, because there's a conductivity that we all of us share because of this water, like, and because of this salt. Well, I, I want to bring that point in, but there's something also I want to bring in, too, because, see, what we're doing is we're trying to put a frame around a concept of uh, something that many people, that are of various religions, don't want to really touch upon and talk about, um, the entrance of the soul and how it is and um, the possibilities because we have been taught certain things all our lives. And outside the realm, then we might be in the realm of uh, dealing with our God, our God system, because we're thinking outside a box that has been perpetrated and given to us from the beginning of time. So, like... For instance, um, and, and I mentioned the Catholic Church for a reason, and then I wanted to mention, you know, some people say in the Christian Bible that, you know, you die, and then once you die, you're, there's no rebirth. There is a time that you just wait until judgment is rendered. Well, what is your, um, your idea and opinion of that? And then I wanted to go back into what you were talking about before, about the world being in a bubble of of ocean. What do you think about this situation that once you died, all the souls, you know, wait and sit until he comes back and judges everyone? Okay, well, well, first of all, we need to get a really quick concept of, of what's going on in, in the Bible, because the Bible itself is, is, a, is a hodgepodge or a buffet of several different works. And so obviously one of those works include a lot of the Brahmic works because you have Abraham who's a Brahmin and his wife Saraswati in the, in the Hindu culture. And this is a book 20,000 years old so before the Bible was even thought of, before they even say the Bible is 10,000 years old before the point of creation. So this supersedes all of that, matriarchal clan 60,000 years ago. 
So what we're dealing with with the Bible in these hodgepodge stories is you're dealing with the Germanic god Gud, meaning that God is a specific term, and people need to realize this very briefly, that words are power, mantras are power. So if there is a ruler and he wants to give his mantra so that those who evoke in their highest state to call on the highest one should have to have the right name because that's, that's the energy game that they're playing. And that's why in every culture they have a different word. They're not using the word God. So who is God? God is Gud. And Gud is a Germanic God of the underworld. So the management of the Bible is a lot of duality. There's a lot of confusion going on. God says he's not the author of confusion, but then uh, actually says, let me go down and confuse them. God uses language to confuse. This is a big thing. This is Gideon written in every single different language, this book of confusion. And so what we need to see is that there's a lot of research that needs to go on with if something's supposed to be so close to us and able to assist us, just the sheer lack of communication to the youth. If it's a father, you cannot be a father if you're not really there for your children. So, these are, so what happens with this book then, because it's the biggest level of mind control, is when you accept certain things that don't make sense, curses anyone who hangeth upon a tree. New Testament comes, the sun is hung on the tree. There's several different contradictions if you just study the book. There's even another book that's written that tells you all the contradictions. But what happens with this, though, is that the mind begins to accept contradictions, it lowers its shields. It loses energy. It literally becomes drained of energy because the power is being given up. Because when most people ask, where is God? He's in the sky. And the other thing, it's a he. <laughs> so, you know, we have different dynamics going on with the book. So there's nothing really to, to authenticate in that work as being nothing more than mind foolishness. And I almost said a cuss word there, but that, that's what you're dealing with. But at the deepest levels, because what the Jesuits have done is the Jesuits have books. And there's five, everyone knows the Vatican Library is five miles, but then you know what, what is in there. There are books that need to be chained down in there. There are books that were written during the times when they were going through these different cultures and taking the trees, taking the totems, taking the fetishes, but mainly the words, the tones, the vibrations, because they wanted to monopolize those tones and vibrations. So it's very easy because each, each tribe then of the world has a specialty, has a power. Well, we're going to break again, and we're going to talk about um, the Sophia Pistons. We're going to talk to because I want to continue on the thread that he's talking about now. We'll be right back after this station. Welcome back, everyone. It's Deanne here on the Deanne Burley Show. And, uh, by the way, tomorrow we're going to have um, uh, my friend that's in Hollywood, um, uh, U.S. Uh, Olympic uh, ice skater, um, on, and he's going to be talking about his career. His name is Shepard Clark. Um, he um, performed in the 1993-1998 Olympics in um, powerful skaters. If you go to the website, you'll see, and you'll see his uh, collection of arts and what he does for entrepreneurship today. And then don't forget, on Thursday, we have um, the uh, Judging Me Show with Judge Mary Elizabeth Bullock, and then we also have the Modern Day Shaman uh, coming on on Wednesday uh, program. So uh, gear up. We have a lot of good programs coming on, um, not only this week, but all future shows. And we're today with my special guest, uh, Seven um, Bullmar, 
and we're talking about something that no one really talks about, um, uh, the situation of souls and uh, out-of-body experiences and things. And one thing I want to ask you, too, um, there was a question, that I know my co-host wants to ask you some things, but I want to get to one other point real quick and bring him on. But um, if, when a person dies or has an out-of-body experience, is there a difference in the weight of the body itself when the uh, spirit leaves the body? Oh, for sure. I mean, some some can actually lose their life by leaving the body. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of in this. You know, when you really study deeper levels of spirituality, especially going to the east, there was um, you know a lot of deeper writings about you can't generally leave your body without having a spirit that is so large that you can afford to keep some spirit in your body because when the spirit leaves the body, it gets cold and it doesn't have you know, it's missing, basically, it's, it's emanation. And so, yes, you can be very affected by leaving the body. There are different things that can happen. But generally, everyone has a, has a oversoul. I mean, not generally, everyone has an oversoul. So that's really oversoul kind of uh, business, for lack of terms, meaning the oversouls are handling, you know, when a person's getting out of the body and what happens to their body and that kind of thing. But you become more aware of that uh, early as you begin meditation, as you begin using the breath as power, uh, as a as an actual boost to the uh, way to uh, boost the system and to put uh, fuel into the blood. Now, how about the ancient Egyptians? They believed that um, in the afterlife, once they had passed on, that their um, soul or entity would end up somewhere else in another body, and then if they ever came to um, the where they were buried in Egypt and recognized themselves, then they would receive the uh, wealth of that pharaoh uh, or pharaoh or the queen. Um, what is your opinion of that theory? Well, I think the recognizing of yourself is something that happens internally, and I think that the wealth of the queen is obviously knowledge. So I think that the symbolism of the Kemetan, uh well, I guess let's use the correct term, Egypt, that term as Egypt, was a place of slavery. So in that tense, then anyone entering that place was going through hardships and troubles. And through those hardships and tr- troubles, there may be a metamorphosis that takes place, just as many young gentlemen today do go to the prison, and then they come out, and then they, they change their life, and they emancipate themselves. That's, I'm one of them. So you know, in that tense, I would say it, it, it's very correct. But when you're talking about the Kemets, the Kemets were on something totally different. It's, it's about laying down foundations and then going other places and laying down foundations. It's about total survival of the genetic species and, and the vast level of the species because it's not just humans. It's not just uh, uh, crocodiles. It's not just ser- serpents. It's not just uh, uh, baboons and elephants. There's a lot of different other organisms that are here as you begin to witness the nobles, meaning the, the gases, the, uh, the, the, the metals, osmium, ruthenium. These are different elements that you can't see with the physical eye, right? So anyone that was very spiritual could see these elements. Now people need telescopes and things to see them, but the ancients had already isolated these elements from the other side, <laughs> meaning that we're trying to discover them. They weren't in the level of, of, of discovery. They knew everything. There's only one thing to know, and that's just all itself. And then everything collapses upon itself, and you become an omniscient. This is what is attempted to be achieved by every. Uh, Bodhisattva or every Eve angel, every great 
uh, being that comes into full awakening first takes the vow, and the vow is to help ascend all species. Because from that point, you know that if you take that vow, that eventually you will get yourself completely whole again. Because after the Big Bang, that's division, that's fractalization, that's five, that's fighting, that's fire, that's conflict. All these words are synonymous, and it wears us down. So we get tired, we get sleepy, we divide, we die. So these words only mean to keep splitting. This is mitosis. We have children. Our children are weaker than us because we are not strengthening their DNA or their ladder or their spine so that they can stand erect. So there's a, there's a riddle also here, meaning that there is a way with the words. The words do mean something. First of all, with English, the words are backwards. So this automatically changes the direction of anyone's mind who's thinking in it. And notice we think in the language versus um, we have to consider that then as software. Because if I say in my mind, let me go to the store, in English, I'm loading that into the Holy of Holies. So that's why the ancients, they thought in the tone and vibration of what they wanted to do, and this allowed them to be very successful. This, what we're in now is a microcosmic version. And I wanted to clear out, I wanted to clear out some things here because it's very important for everyone. I feel like what I need to deliver tonight is this ancient issue going on between man and woman, a.k.a. five and six who constantly oscillate, meaning that man constantly becomes woman, woman constantly becomes man. If we didn't notice, a person has a masculine or a positive and a negative inside of every body. But the interesting thing here is, is that it is the source of one of the greatest levels of conflict, which is basically what came first, the chicken or the egg. Because woman does believe that she is the generator in this planetary system, and that man is basically here because of she's allowing him to be. While... Everything shows you that man has a female semen that comes out and goes into the egg, and the semen is what determines whether it's a female. So there's a metaphor here. In the beginning of this crazy book about um, Eve being removed from Adam, that's not what it says in Hebrew. What it says is, is that Hawa was removed from Cadman, meaning that Cadman is an androgynin. It's a male-female. It's self-generating, called parthogenic. Okay, and then what, when you split that, meaning you put the male on one side and you split the male from the female, and then now you have them two out in 3D, they will go into conflict with each other, but that is because that's why man becomes then man. He doesn't become CAD man. Now, the word CAD means a design or a creation or a creator. So what a CAD is is a womb, right? They even play around with it today. Oh, let's go into AutoCAD. What do you do in AutoCAD? You create. It is a womb inside of there, but it's digital. So the CAD being removed from man makes man just opposed to woman. So this is basically five versus six. So fire versus sex. They're so close together, these two translations, right? And so this is the dualistic uh, um, taking place that happens on these kind of dimensions that makes it God's or God's chariot. Okay. Now, well, I will agree. I, I will agree with the part that um, I had seen in the ancient relics of um, the back-to-back God, which was it wasn't God, but creation of what was Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were one, and they were split in half. It's according to a lot of the ancient um, uh, relics that were left around in the uh, cultures of uh, Samaria and Mesopotamia. Right. And um, they have, um, if you go to the Oriental Institute in Chicago, you'll see them. You'll see um, it looks like a very um, 
large woman, and then it's a back-to-back entity with a nose on both sides and face on both sides, but it represents man and woman as one, which was split, like you said, in half. Um, the other thing, too, with the second creation, um, it, 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 it seems as though there was another being here on the planet, uh, a woman named Lilith that was not connected at all with the Adam and Eve uh, uh, creation, and uh, was put to Adam but refused. And that was that was in writing in these old old texts further back in the Bible. In fact, the ancient Bible even speaks of Lilith. But I wanted to bring in uh, content here, and I guess we have to have you back on the show again because there's a lot more here. I want John to ask you some questions as well. Um, about the Sophia and the um, from what I read um, uh, eons ago, there was nothing in the um, what we call verse. It was called Nirvana. It was just a total emptiness. Um, but then there was a source of um, this um, like liquid essence that was there, which was called the Sophia, and uh, no, the Pistis. And the Sophia um, was um, probably the, um, the course of um, the fluid hitting light, some type of light frequency that brought everything allegedly into being. Now, these, these are concepts, folks, that people much older than us that are not even here anymore and entities that we don't even know anything about evidently knew what was going on more clearly than we know today because a lot of this stuff is hidden from us because if we have any information of this, then we can control our own destiny because a lot of this stuff is produced off of sound frequency. The beginning and the beginning of the uttering of the word, and the word was with God. And, and and the word was just something you uttered. It was a sound you uttered, which was a frequency. So you could make clouds, you could make uh, trees, you could make anything just uttering a sound. Just like you're on a computer and you type up uh, coding on a computer. Um, if you go into the binary code, and look at what the computer shows now. What you see is um, remnants of somebody programming from a dot off of a system. Um, you know, there's binary code that brings things into color, into light, into um, trees and things that create it, just on a mere tap. So if you think on that concept, the same concept begins in the beginning of what we look at as mankind. Now, do you agree with that thought process at all? Oh, um, oh wholeheartedly. I mean, well, well, very well said. I can only uh, chime in that for sure. I mean, uh, also people need to, to realize that this particular reality we're calling Earth has spanned out for billions of years, and that means that many entities have come across this planet, and many entities are still confined to the planet or chained down to the planet, meaning they can't actually ascend because they can't get out of the vacuum. And so they've become, uh, such as the Lilith archetype, vacuums. And, uh, and then also the relationship, as you, uh, as you find out, that Lilith is obviously the, the wife of Samael, who's a warlike character of Mars. And, uh, and then even the Zulu story and the connection to Mars and the war on Mars and the warlike character between two opposite sides of the prism or two different color spectrums consistently uh, creating the energy. And that's why think about the, the wording. As you know, the codes to the words, it starts to unlock a different kind of way, which the Kabbalists really know. Now, when you mention the term, since the, God has been around since the beginning of time, this means because God created time. So the father of time is actually Saturn. So if you go in the Eastern tradition, it's Set. 
Sat Sung, Sat Nam, Sat is truth, meaning that they were turned on to the base pillar of, of spirituality before everyone else was. So as we move on from there, we find that this creation of time is what is actually wearing us down. This is the, the programming in itself. And that's why it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with good. Okay, this means that... If I can interrupt for one second, we're about to end uh-huh. the program, but I can continue oh, okay. on blog talk, and, uh, but I okay. didn't know if you could continue with us, Beth, or... Yeah, let's, let's, con- let's, con- let's continue. I know there's about 30 more minutes if you do that on blog talk, so yeah, let's... let's okay, give me, so let's everybody just... that's listening, Truth Radio is going to drop off here in about two seconds, and uh, we'll be continuing on blog talk. So anyhow, or everybody that wants to continue with the program... Okay, right, so, uh, oh, well, I, just, so just to finish um, it. Yeah. Oh, we're at the end of um, uh, Truth Radio, and we're going back on Blog Talk, and we're on actually longer than 30 minutes, but it's okay. It depends on how long you can stay on. But um, the thing is that um, I know, again, that we're talking about something that is purely a dangerous subject to many because, again, it, it defies the belief system that we know about. Um, we talk about um, the Bible. We don't talk about how those books came out. We talk about the, Alexander, the Library of Alexandria. It had a lot of this information on it. The information that we're talking about was in ancient Egypt, written in the hieroglyphics. Um, in fact, people claim that they can read hieroglyphics, but only some. Some people can look exactly a hieroglyphic uh, uh, drawing, and some of them can look at the ancient uh, drawings of Aztecs and Mayans, and they can tell exactly for word for word or um, drawing by drawing exactly what is um, being perpetrated. But others cannot understand the symbolism of what was being um, given at this time. Now, I want to ask you, now this is like we're defying what people would say, say in concept of Bible, of what they feel their truth is. Um, what do you have to say to those people? And then I'm going to let John ask you some questions here. Well, first of all, I, I believe that this is time for us to get out of uh, what people think because you're never going to find uh, that occurring in the reality where everyone is, is perceiving things the same way that, that you're perceiving things. In fact, that, that would make the purpose of the reality void. What happens is, is because the word did not come back void, as you see the statement says, that means that what, what happens with some people is that they're still in the cocoon. They're still on various levels of sleep. If you want to awake them, you're going to need to vibrate them. And so you need to understand principles of vibration. And that's the only way. Like talking is, is, is not worth anything. That's why it's cheap. Uh, English is a, it, uh, you have half of the language. So it doesn't manifest as a creation in people's minds. So, what happens is, is that when you're trying to explain to someone about something new over the top of an embedded, uh, genetically embedded concept, because slavery embeds the genes, uh, it makes the genes recessive. So what happens, the person doesn't basically want to live. That, and think, let's think about what happens. Like if you get to a point where you, you have been beaten and you've been uh, utterly destroyed to a certain degree, your family is missing, your, your land is gone, all these kind of things, the, the will, W-H-E-E-L, is broke. So when the will is broke, the only thing that can come and, and fix that is someone who knows how to work with, with chakras because chakras are, are the wheels. 
And, uh, and so that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, this isn't very integral work. This is even fringe. Like, people are not sitting down talking about this all day. The most they get to it is they pull some of these, these wild books out and then they start drawing circles on the ground and then staying in their own, staying in cycles like they've always been. This is, this is taking in totally different kinds of individuals these days, ones that have been through all of this stuff and then still have risen with clear minds to really come in with another uh, uh, level of this expansion. It doesn't involve uh, uh, systems and languages and things at all. It requires energy and a direct connection to a pure source because that's what, that's what we are. That's what we do. We, until we see that again, we'll never see ourselves. So that's, that's also why I'm, I'm very adamant about bringing this forth. And again, just, just to close out what I was explaining about the, the word is with good is that we need to understand that this word is specific. Now, I'm not going to give anyone the word, but I will tell you the word makes a cone. And what this is, is like it's, if you understand when you get into a stage with your third eye and your chakras on and you say certain words, geometry appears in front of you. And then from that point, you shade the geometry with more words. So that's why words are, they are sculpts. They sculpt, and they sculpt geometry that is breathed from your mouth. That's why we have the breath of life. We can breathe life into an existence, but that existence is this geometry, right? So what happens is, is that, that in the beginning was the word, and then when the word fell into the hands of good, this is like an old cartoon where they say, never let this fall into the hands of evil. Now, again, I, I don't want to do the good and evil thing here, but we're living in the world where there are individuals in possession of the word the word that was the covenant, and this was the agreement between what we're knowing as Sheba, Solomon, and Menelik, and who is MLK, uh, not just Martin Luther King, but Moloch, the king, the horn god. Like in, this in the country of Abyssinia, the cattle is the form of current or energy or currency. So, you know, we need to kind of dig into our books a little bit and connect it all together. I have it all connected in my, 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 my soul. And so that's what lets me know what's going on because I can watch the entire process. I can be the, the, uh, the bug on the wall, for lack of terms, in other realities of when this is all taking place in time so that we can get our, our stories together because still the reality is, is that we'll see the results of what we believe right in this reality so that when you get a hold of truth, you'll see the whole path. So I can take questions now because I know the, I wanted to make sure I got a chance to answer the questions of the co-host. Um, John, you want to ask some questions here? Are you still here, John? Yeah, I'm here. I uh, just got a couple safety things first for people. Number one, you've got a universal law that you're supposed to ask permission before you enter anybody. And you're not supposed to, uh, say, have someone hypnotize you because that joins you forever. Once they know your combination to get into your mind and you allow them in there, you're connected forever. And that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, you don't know who they're connected to and then multi-stages. So just something that I know that is in existence and to be careful of. Um, the, uh, there's, I'd love to talk for a couple of days here, to be honest with you. Um, let me hit a couple of high points. Um, one would be, uh, and don't answer this to begin with, this is my first question, I guess, is, is we see the statues on uh, Easter Island are the same figures that are in the buried city that are just under covering that's much older than anything we know of in, in Turkey that was buried underground and is the same shape as the same statues that we're seeing in uh, Mount Picchu. And if you look at the shape of the mountain of Mount Picchu, it's the same face shape made into the mountain. 
And so you have a, a creation of beings that were standing with their hands down around their groin, with the big heads that are around Easter Island, and that is perimetered around the world. All right, the other thing I want to bring about is my understanding, and I've been out of my body three, four times. I've been told and impressed on my life to do everything every day to help everybody, and to uh, I've seen heaven, I've seen hell. Uh, I've been taught that hell is a, uh, a growing point of negativity. If you don't do it, you'll be on the outside looking in and not be able to do anything. You're full witch and not being per- given permission to do anything because you violated, you did not grow, you, you, just, you destroyed. And uh, I've also been able to know that if I practice good virtue, I can get to my third eye um, in, a, in, a, in a meditation or a prayer. And then all of a sudden I can open my eyes and look right at the sun. And, and if it's cold outside, I'm warm. If it's warm outside, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm at perfect ambient temperature. Um, and all of a sudden I can watch the sun be danced around as a uh, hydrogen fuel cell and be given uh, a Rolodex of phenomenal information just starts rolling into me. And uh, as you can see, a two-year-old a lot of times will be looking at the sun. You go, Johnny, Johnny, don't look at the sun because it'll hurt your eyes. The doctors tell you, it'll blind you. And yet Johnny looks at you and his eyes aren't watering. They aren't all right. pitted like they're really spiked. Because his heart hasn't been contaminated, he's able to look at the sun. He's able to, to have some of the things. But he isn't grown enough. I understand about 28, 30 years old is when the core of our brain starts advancing enough to where we can start seeing the information process and that kind of thing. What I was given is I was head under a 10-ton bulldozer, fell 10 feet, and blew my head up like a balloon. I had so much pressure on me. I was about 8, 9 inches or 7, 8 inches bigger in diameter than it normally would have been. That's how severe it was. I shouldn't wow. be here. The Lord gave me the abilities to find truth and to see truth. And I was able to see my entire Kasich record of every breath I ever took in an instant and understand I was intelligent enough to understand it in an instant. And uh, mm. so anyhow, um, I've met a person... And I'm going to say synchronicity or whatever. They talk about the brother and the Holy Ghost. Um, uh, that there was, when the Lord makes a, um, a, a culture, and in the Bible it says he made many cultures, and we're not the sheep of the other cultures, uh, but they make 40 billion souls, and the soul will never die. And of those souls, there's uh, the biggest portion is split into two, one being female, one is male. But then there's some souls that can be male or female, depending on what they want to be in their existence, in the reincarnation, basically. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything about that, and that there's, we've, we've exceeded our time limit of growth. We were supposed to advance ourselves, and we didn't, and so we're way behind the mark of growth in our humanity, and we've been given 17,000 more years to try to develop us to a proper growth so that we can advance ourselves. And... Um, there are several masters that have gone above, but then there's a lot of us that haven't made it. As the Bible talks about, those that are uh, will be brought to light, and some will run to and fro and, and um, not make the cut, I guess. But there's points of growth is what I want to indicate. And if you have points of growth, you're given abilities, and if you're not, you won't. And uh, so you'll have to relive some of the things on the lower planes. But anyhow, that kind well, of... I want, ask, I want to ask something on that. Um, do you believe that people have to, um, you know, in some of the ancient religions, um, uh, they say that you come back on a lower plane and um, as a different uh, species or animal to uh, grow past the um, sin uh, that you Okay, I, I was actually hearing two things at the same. 
I was actually yeah, hearing uh, two, two people at the same time. I, I didn't catch the, the end part of what you said, Ms. Burley. And, and yeah, uh, I, just, I am going to get was, to yeah. those questions. Okay. Well, I just wanted to ask you, um, the thing is, um, you have a situation where people feel in some um, religious cultures that if they, um, you know, they're reincarnated in a lower plane uh, because of uh, things they, they were not able to um, get right in the last uh, life. Do you believe that? Do you think that happens? Okay. I actually wrote down down the questions, and so I, I just want to address, address it from the beginning, kind of in the order of the questions. And the first question was about the Dolman statues and the statues around Monte Picchu and, and their existence. And the, the only thing I, I really have to say is, is that uh, there is a lot of monuments and pyramids and different statues that are even underwater, as many people have seen now. And there's even a new uh, body of water coming out of the ocean now. So there's uh, the civilizations and the cultures that have been on this planet um, have been vast and, and bear different features. And I can only say also with all due respect that I, when I speak on these subjects, it's based on experience, not based on what I read. I can't authenticate anything just necessarily that I read unless I've had some experience. That's, that's the only real teacher. And um, so I, just to really address what the gentleman was saying about the, the sun, and it's very correct that the sun is, is actually, um, you know, sun is, is everything uh, as far as its transmissions. And it's interesting because when there's a connection, we just call it a straight pipe. This is when you're actually flying towards the sun rather than uh, just receiving the rays from the sun. Then you, as you're going, you're purified because the sun's going to melt off all the toxins. I'm just explaining this in, in more of a metaphor. And then as you get closer, if you have no fear, then there is no fire, meaning it's actually not hot. And the riddle of this also was in, uh, within the Sphinx because when, on the astral plane, if you go to the Sphinx, you do see a very large lion, uh, really basically a, um, a composite being of a lion and many other fiery creatures. But if it's, and there's a lot, supposedly a library beyond that. But if you show fear, then you cannot get beyond that point. And so I think that these kind of, of, of stories were given to let us understand that if you notice that, let's say, for instance, you're flying towards the sun, as you get closer, the stars that you see in the distance actually start to blur because they get brighter and brighter and brighter until eventually it's all collected. So this is also why it's important for us to see that it's common sense. It's not spirituality, uh, uh, mathematics, science, etc., to let us know that there is an origin point. Because if I go back to your grandfather and you're his grandfather and his grandfather and I keep going back, I'm going to get to less people until I eventually get to some type of composite being. And suppose this happens with all species. So that's what I'm talking about, that at the point where all the species are coalesced together, still inside of one womb, that's the origin. What we've done now on the down on the timeline, and this is what will always keep you below time, is segregation. Any kind of separating. You need compassion. That's what all the masters in every religion at least uh, attempt to teach. So that means that that's something that we must do. And compassion means not differentiating, not setting any walls or laws between one and the other. Let all come forth to receive. So we need to understand though what all really is, okay? Because the sun, just as it's bright, is also blinding to some individuals. So it's in degrees. We learn discernment. This means to learn your field, learn what you, how much you can take of it and how much you can't. But generally, we're hardwired to say, okay, I can't read that. I can't believe that. And that's the limit of what we can take. 
but we can't make that also the next person's limitation. And then one of the other things here is about the code, that when you're in these higher states of consciousness, many have experienced this on uh, what we call Dimitri or DMT, but when the third eye is open, you see a code running through everyone. It is a different kind of language. There has not been no extraction of that language, but it is there. So this means that there is something running through the framework of this reality that is a tone and vibration that is, it, it's, it looks very similar to what the Aztecs, as I call it, Aztecnology, or the Mayans were using. And I'm just yet to finish my research of this, this phenomenon of this code running through people is only exclusive to this country of Costa Rica. And then finally, to answer the question about um, the lower plane reincarnations. Now, remember, there, we're still in this conflict with principalities, rulers, and dominions, okay? So let's not act like that they're not here. It's just it'll be amazing to many people when they figure out the true identity of those principalities, okay? So the lower plane reincarnations occur when a soul or then a spirit, we need to work on differentiating these words, but a spirit is degraded. And de degradation comes when you break your moral bearing too much. So there is a, a natural moral bearing within every individual that says, I shouldn't do this and I should do this. That is the only Lord. The Lord is in the, is in the mind. It's set up in the temples. But understand, lords are also conflictive. This is why there's Cain and then there's Abel. Now, there's, if you understand this deeply, you're talking to someone who's read the Bible three times. You're talking to someone who can convert someone to Christianity within five minutes. I went far. I, I obtained the Holy Ghost. This is the issue with most Christians is that they are not obtaining the real levels of power that are incorporated within their belief system. They are sitting on the pew. Imagine that this didn't have anything to do with your connection with all there really is. And to entreat something like that, it starts to become obvious. If you just call a little bit and you don't get a response, all that's going to happen is you're going to get into a situation eventually where you're going to have to call. So why not call now? <laughs> like, if you're going to make a long trip, everyone here, last time I checked, will die. So if you're going to make a long trip to wherever this new place is going to be, you better call first. Because notice how in this world, if you go somewhere very far, you call first. Hey, you guys, you got some space for me? Yeah. So what's happening is, is that we are severed from our true connection of spirituality by religion. Because if you remember, the book says, well, what are the good ones? Those are myriads. What are the bad ones? They are the legions. Okay? When the demons was cast out, the demon was told to give his name. What did he say his name was? Legion. So these legions of Romans, which is what you see going on, all this book is a metaphor. If you're exoterically looking at it, and this is how we grow. We grow through the depths of knowledge. I was able to take this work deeper because my mind went deeper. And then you start seeing the, the hidden mysteries. You start seeing, look, this is a book that unlocks, and it's saying something. And when it's done with you, it will tell you, and you will be introduced to the real supreme being, you. Because there could be none of this if you weren't thinking about it. When I remove you from thought, you won't know your name. You won't know who you were born with. You won't know any of this data. That's clear. So what happens is, is that the duality, uh-huh. I have to stop uh -huh. you here for a minute. We have a caller on a line uh, four uh, from 916 area code. Caller, do you have a question of uh, seven? Caller on 916, are you there? I'm listening. Thank you. 
Paul, you don't have a question? No. Okay. Um, anyone else wanting to call in? Uh, the number is 718-508-9513, 718-508-9513. Seven, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just saw we had a caller. That's okay. We do want to make sure we get to every caller. But what I'm saying is, is that it is a step on the ladder. If you want to call it Jacob's Ladder, Jacob is Jack, is James is Diego, is Iago. Like you have to know these words, these riddles. And then the latter is all of these different stages of spirituality because there's more open source spirituality. Buddhism is more open source than Christianity. Christianity is a redoing of the ancient tradition to modernize it. That's why it's called a New Testament. It places man as the God. Right? Because it's man on the cross. He's the, the, the main character in the New Testament. But unfortunately, if man is not living up to his true power, which is as a god, but in this case, a supreme being. Okay? So if a man is not living up to his true power as a supreme being, then we have an issue on our planet. Because then, every time something goes on, like the multiple levels of abuse happening on this planet, we say someone in, in the sky is supposed to solve this. And we've been thousands of years. Like, if you go back deep enough, you'll figure out that the joke is on humanity, probably because for thousands of years we've been told the same story, that we are not the gods, but even math tells you you are. Like, you, ha you came from them. So if we accept, then, a king. Now, I'll take you into the book. Remember, for the children of Israel, meaning the 12 tribes of earth, they were told by, notice there's two gods also. If you're reading the Old Testament very closely, you'll notice there's two gods in there. But the reality is, is that they were told not to take a king by the good God. Okay? And the people said, no, no, we want a king. So they took upon themselves who? Saul. Now, Saul is actually the Latin word for salt. Salt is also the word, the, the, is the cube. Salt is Saturn. So this means that when we were free, it was because we didn't have anything that was lowered or the Lord over all the top of us. It's like, do you know that's the part of being an adept or an adult, is that you don't have to be told you should not steal, you should not kill. You should, you should know not to do that anyway. That's your moral bearing. That's something that's hard-coded. If you, need to be, if you need to be continuously reminded of that, that means someone has set up a reality where that is okay to do. So we need to be very clear that this reality who is, what has been set up by God is under the dominion of God in his alternate character. At least he admits that he is also created the devil. That, that is his antithesis or shadow side. So this whole behavior, though, is so immature for us. It becomes so difficult for us to even say that. Now, we are living in fear of even saying that possibly God's regime is not working for us. So what happens then in fear, anytime there's fear, there's a contraction. So this means if you, you may have one chakra working, but all the other ones may be closed. So this means you're only seeing things at a certain perspective. So when we open the chakra center, when we see things from all spaces, then we collapse this prism or prison, these different colors, these different races, these different creeds, these different gods, gods fighting each other, people fighting each other. All that collapses, and time ceases to exist. And then you get into what's already going on. And this is the last thing now, I, I want to say to everyone. I want to stop I'm, I'm, you here 
on this because I want to ask you now, let's go into the thought process of UFOs and aliens. Now, there's multiple universes and planets and, uh, uh, let's say, entities that we have not seen and don't we think are here and might not be here. But under um, the um, idea of that, there's a situation that the soul is universal. The soul and spirits are universal. So it doesn't matter what planet, even though these entities may look different, um, so is the situation that there are aliens, or are the aliens actually akin to what we are through the soul and spirit? I think that you, you said it properly first with the idea of that. Like, we have to realize that as creators, we create. So when we have an idea of something and we give it a face, we give it a, a, a particular attitude, a character, an origin, then it can come into a, in existence in our minds as an idea. But when's the last time, beside in our minds, <laughs> the place between heaven and earth, have we seen one of these creatures? You see what I mean? But what, I'm not saying that there's not other life forms that live here. I'm just saying that when's the last time they tried to, to, uh, to talk and to speak to humanity? And so it's never, one of those things that never, we, we, There has we not become, been any that has really spoken to anyone, but it's the it's, idea on, on, a, it's on, an extern, on an external level. On an external right. level. But, but the thing know, is, but on what the, the external in- level has created. See, we have created monsters. Everything is like you said, right. creation. Now, if you're a Zen Buddhist, you believe in creation through use of your mind. If you're a right. uh, practitioner, a Nisha Daishomna, um, you believe of creation by sound frequency. There's different. I mean, I'm talking about in regards to Buddha and the thought process of that. So you have people that are creating things in this reality, not even um, using the words per se, but they're creating it through mind um, by thought. Thought is also a powerful way to create. Is that not true? For sure. I mean, one of the most powerful things that we can create is, is children. And thought comes in place with even that. So if we look in, in deeply into it, the ideas that are formulated or is given the strict term an eidolon or an archon. And this is basically an idea. It's not actually living form, but it can become solid. It can become gaseous and even to the point where it becomes solid when there's enough of us giving our energy into making it manifest. Because, and this is very simple to pe- for people. They, they, I don't want people to just see this as only something spiritual. We create children. We, when we have an idea, I'm going to build a house. You start building it, and I come back a year later, and there's a house there. So there is a magical thing if you just want to see that with humanity. And then all this other stuff like reptilians and, and demons and all these different things, not to, mean, not to say that they don't exist, but they are idolized in our cons because we have the power to accept their existence or not. So some people that are very trained in their mind know how to switch it off. I mean, they know that this is two planes you're living in. If you didn't think so, why do you go to sleep and then you go to another world? You're forced to go to another world every day, just as there's a night and day in the sky. So what happens is, is that if we accept, uh, when we are in our spiritual stance, in our soul being this division of what an archon is, what James is, what Jesse is, whoever the name is, or whatever the mark, because these are all Mason marks, whatever the division chiseled away from the statue that we want to call it, we still need to be a dollar or depth enough to know we're dealing with 3D, meaning that this has been here for billions of years, first of all. So if you're thinking it's going somewhere, I would look at yourself first. 
The next thing is, is that all these planets on this kind of system at some point get superheated. So if you're, if you're pissed off about the plastic and things like that, trust me, only the strongest seeds will survive the cycle that really comes from purification. And people may not see that for millions of years. You see what I mean? So while we're here, we have an opportunity, and that's, that's what uh, they say the Buddha found out. The Buddha didn't say, come worship me and all that. He said, look, I'm going to tell you, don't trust the gods. They're divas. They've been down here for a while, and they've built up multiple planes, and that their whole idea is they want slaves. So, but there's good news. Everything here that you need to ascend is actually here on Earth. Earth provided it for you. It's in the trees. It's in nature. It's in many, nature means mature. This means all of your medicines, all of what you're taking, what's making you sick, the, the, what you eat, all this stuff is coming from derivatives of nature. So that's where, again, our power is. Our power is our, in our power plant. It's in what we're standing on, where we're pulling our energy from. So when we're so off in space on Nebular 5 dealing with Rizikians with one with three horns coming out of the head, we're missing out on what's happening to our children five to ten years from now as the, the Rex Mundi and the Diaboli and the rest of the Jesuits run amok because the real supreme being is sitting back passing the buck, trying to, oh, no, it's, his, it's, it's God. God's supposed to do it because we're scared. <laughs> But that's what happens when you don't know true spirituality because, true, remember, if you have any kind of fears, and you'll know if you have fears hard-coded because if something dangerous happens to you, if you go, oh, God, this means you're still in a support system. Believe it or not. We need to get well, to a point where we feel just, uh, and, and that thought of just alone, people will say from this whole broadcast that we had today that this is New Age thought. It's totally against what they, the tradition is. But then I ask you this. We have created within our own mind, as external, outside our body, one of the worst realities we are facing on this planet. We're close to maybe a World War Three. I just read that uh, China is signing in with uh, Russia just about an hour ago with the uh, situation going on in the Ukraine. I'm hearing uh, financial collapses and everything, and then total work stoppage, which is another thing that is people creating work stoppages, again, through their mind and thoughts. Because, again, if you think it, it can be. So if you think there's no work, there will be no work. If somebody tells you and puts a thought in you, kind of like hypnotic thought, then whatever they say that can influence you will be. But when you become strong in yourself and your spirit and you understand that everything here, uh, your essence, your being, and everything comes from within, and that is, the, it's, that is the creator, you find out that you can create. You can create a positive right. world, and there won't be an end. So what do you think, what would you tell these people that will say, oh, we're talking new age, we're defying religion, um, the premises that we have been brought up on, um, there's no afterlife, there is no spiritual uh, plane that we will exist on. We just die and that is it and we go to judgment. What will you say for that, those people that listen? Well, first I would say that the tradition, this is, what I'm speaking of today is the tradition. This is not, if it's new age, it's because we forgot about it. And just as you said, what we're doing now 
is obviously not working. But the issue here is very, very, it should not be skipped. The issue is, is that there are people who believe that the reason this is not working is because of somebody, maybe the devil. And that if we were doing it the way of the religion, then we wouldn't be in this situation. And never understanding that nothing could be further from the truth. That is actually religion causing these problems. Because it is the, the point that we are the most serious. <laughs> it is the highest thing that we can conceive. People need to realize that if you set your goals towards, and you read about this character who's jealous and who's vengeful and all this, and you set your goals for that, that's supposed to be the best you can do? Be jealous? Not take care of your people? Get mad at your people? This is, not, this is what leads to that. So the reality is, is that religion is an integral part of this. And because I'm not under dominion, meaning that there is another level to this, like we have expansion, we are supreme. When you come into that, then you don't have these demigods scaring the hell out of you, these different entities in your mind giving you a sentence, basically, uh, and giving you conviction. That is the best term, conviction. You better not do anything or else. The first commandment, you shall not have any more before me. I'm the only one. If there's no one other, then that means that we are lost. You see, the reality is, is that it's connectivity, but this, it's all one thing, and people need to understand this. this is, forget all of what I said that may baffle you and be complex. Listen, if it's about division, turn the other way, and you will go in the right direction. Stay away from division, all forms of it. If somebody says, this one, you, is the bad one, and this one is the good one, and you need to be on this side, you need to be focused on your expansion. You don't have time to be sitting around choosing and judging which one is which. That's what we, we, we get caught in receiving too much, like receiving the doctrine, receiving the information, and we're in the story, and we need to get on about our creation. And so this is, the, this is what this is about. So I just tell people this, that you look inward and you'll find it. But understand that the word, again, universe, means uni, which means united, in verse, meaning in conflict, okay? So the universe is united in conflict. How does that work? It's the body. When you eat something or drink some alcohol, you go to war with the liver, the upper world in war with the lower world. Then your, your root chakra is broke. Then you got hell going on. You can't burn up your toxins in your system, so all of your mind is diseased. So there's this deeper part of what it means to take care of the garden, which is your body. Because this was the animal, in intense that was given and put in your charge. This was the lesser being. As spiritual beings, which we are, we were given these bodies to lead. You see what I mean? Like this is a deeper thing. This is putting you inside of the baby <laughs> rather than letting you take care of the baby outside. You see what I mean? So there's, there's deeper integral work here. And I'll just say, if you graduate, instead of being like, oh, I can't handle it, if you graduate, just think of the possibilities here. Because everything in nature shows you abundance, so this is a reward system. This is not a punishment system. This is not do this or else. This is do this and you shall expand. That's what the ancient people well, do. Well, never well Seven. Do you feel that um, in the end, we're coming to the end of the show right now, and I'd love to have okay. you back, and you wrote the code, 
And I would say, people, you need to get this so you can understand fully. He has a number of YouTube videos, and if you go to uh, my uh, website, there's a um, um, there's a web page and links over to his uh, site with a lot of information. But the thing is, the devil, the Satan, Satan, uh, what do you think about that? We right now in a plane of war and hatred and greed and um, levels that people, even the ones that claim to be evil, they claim that they are working, I guess, with uh, the anti-Christ or anti-God. Is there such thing, entity, or is this something that they are uh, putting afoot to control masses and minions and keep the world enslaved. What is your opinion? I would say both. <laughs> because the, the shade, who's Shaddai, who's the real God of the Old Testament, is in fact wandering around, causing disruption, as always. And, and this is because the sun has a shadow, okay? Just like we have a shadow on the floor. And that is a collection of the energy. It's like a, a dark vacuum, and so this is the, you know, you, you would need to understand the, how the worlds are laid out a little bit more deeper, but it basically is an, it's a shadow world. And so basically the, the, the emanation. So this is uh, very briefly to explain it to people, a level or stages of consciousness that when you're pulled down, like a Lady Gaga concert and just getting involved in the whole rap industry and all that, when you're pulled down into a frequency of archons, meaning those who control the mind, a demon, meaning a de-man, being demand, meaning no longer a man, right? No longer flesh. So when you get pulled down onto those levels, which are, correspond to the netherworld, that's uh, Inker Wat. That's what the, the work that was being done there that is the foundation that these kind of worlds stand on now. Then that's what, that's what you're dealing with. So in every tenth, there is a lower frequencies, distorted frequencies that are broadcasting now on our planet, some of which as you mentioned, were never being broadcasted before. There is another rip in the frequency spectrum because there are tones in some of this very advanced trance music that's being used that stretches the cone in the, in the corpuscles of the brain, opening up new dimensions of thought. And those new dimensions, when they're born, are often distorted. They're like deformed children. And so this is where when you have the power of creation and then you don't know what to do with it, because we do need to remember, and I'll say this in closing, there's something integral going on here with the creation process. This is why it became the, the linchpin to the, to the whole thing of why there was a falling away and all this. And it's because of a riddle that Adam and Eve did not know what they were doing when they created Cain. And they had no instructions of how to raise a child. Okay? So this also means now if you have all these parents that have no instructions on how to raise the child, then you make Cain. <laughs> okay, and then if you, Cain is Khan, is king, is Cohen, who's the priest. He's the priest king. That's the ruler of this world, Rex Mundy. He's brought the world under his sway and under his control. So this is, and it, again, it's not a him as in far as a male, but it's a fire as in, uh, as in a masculine entity that burns and uses pain and fear. And this is what embodies the Jesuit as they evoke the confined one. So that's really, you know, that's maybe far out for people, but give yourself some time, meaning time equals space, and you may get a little bit closer to what I'm talking about as far as whether it's authentic or not. But, you know, yeah, this is something that is, we still need to focus on ourselves. It's really important that people are losing here, uh, Seven, 
is the fact that children are the most important valuable thing on the planet. And like jewels, it's kind of like, you know, uh, we talk about Adam and Eve created by God, and we have created children, and we have taken our creation that we have created for granted. Um, they run astray because of the sound frequencies, the various things that other people are perpetrating on them in order to use them. And then eventually what will happen, their, their entity, their soul, the soul, will become a lesser form of a spirit. And then every time this um, uh, event happens, every generation that is uh, affected by this, lesser will be the spirit, and then eventually spirit might die. There's another level of of time when you get to a level where the spirit itself will no longer be and diminish. And that is for a whole other show. And I just wanted to have you make a comment on Mm -hmm. that. Uh, well, lastly, you know, the child is us. Like, we need to really realize what's going on. And I was saying in the beginning, but very briefly, that as we, as the man's semen goes into the female, and it's not any cooties with it, we need to realize that that's the first point of emanation. But the man can then dive back into the female. So there's two sides, two worlds, two travel, two uh, directions on this road. But it still means one destination, that the child is you. It's the coalescing of your biorhythm. So even if you don't have children, your biorhythm will be gathered up into the child. That's like the, uh, that's in your family line. That's their inheritance because it's really you. So if we take care of our children, then we've taken care of ourselves. If we lose our children, we've lost ourselves. We see ourselves as separate, like, oh, that's my child, but that's not me. <laughs> you must have seen the astral plane. They're you. And what happens is if they don't get tuned in before you leave, then they, you can't communicate with them. And this has developed the rift, the division symbol, the percentage symbol, the division sign itself means that you're disconnected. So when you don't know where your father is gone, when you don't know where your mother, your aunt, once they leave, that never settles. You never stop asking. You may think, make yourself forget, but you never stop asking. So in conclusion, this is about knocking down that wall, knocking down these laws. But someone has to come forth. So here I am, and there are many with me. But this is a, this is a task, and that's why, you know, we're, we're in action. <laughs> Constantly. Well, here, here, and I thank you very much, Seven, for coming on. And he wrote this book called The Code, and he has a lot of uh, YouTube videos there. And if you want to give your website again to where they can contact you, and uh, would you um, would you mind coming back on my? Sure. I mean, not a problem because I know we we personally wanted to get into something even deeper. Like we didn't even get into the gin and the origins of these different species because they are here. But, you know, in this show, it's just important for a person to focus on themselves. So, yeah, I would love to come back and to elaborate a little bit more on some, some very deeper esoteric uh, laws and, and so they can be broke down. <laughs> okay. And I'll give you a website again. Uh, the website is astroquest.com, and a person can find all the links to all the information there. Oh, okay. And um, John, did you have any more, what, anything else you wanted to say before the end of the show? Well, just one thing about the alien factor that we do see in front of us is the uh, uh, factor of the crop circles. They touch us of uh, a different uh, uh, set of beings. And there was a question asked to him one time that a woman screamed out, well, talk to us. And a word was given, and I can't quite remember the breakdown of the word, but bottom line, it was a situation of... Uh, um, Number one, it was like an intellectual uh, word that gave um, 
boy, I'm, I'm not coming to the thoughts now of what I just had to ask, but anyhow, the, the idea of a crop circle is a communication factor that we're seeing physically and that we're not just developing our mind. In fact, we can't answer what the heck it, it replicates to some extent, but at the same time, it, it's there and it's in front of all of us. So, yeah, that's something yeah. for next time. For sure. It's well, definitely one you. of those things that people can look deeper into. <laughs> well, thank you, and we're ending the broadcast, and tomorrow we're going to have a, a U.S. Olympic uh, skater on, uh, Shepard Clark, and we're going to be talking about the art community. So tune in, and uh, thank you again, uh, Seven uh, Bobar, for coming Thanks, on. John. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone, and peace, and we'll Good be night. back uh, tomorrow night.